If you have your Bibles with you uh, this morning, I want you to turn them to the book of Acts. And uh, we're going to go to Acts chapter 26. And as we go to Acts 26, uh, I want to preach to you a message this morning that I've simply called it relentless. Relentless. And in the sense of it, of relentless, relentless, uh, there's, it could be described layman's, layman's definition. It could, it could mean not giving up. It could mean, uh, not turning back. It could mean, uh, it could mean just pressing on in spite of the obstacles. It, 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 you know, relentless, I think we have the picture this morning of what that means. And, and it just means to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pressing, keep pursuing. So if you have your Bibles to Acts chapter 26, I'm just going to read it. Really to capture this whole story, you need to read chapter 25 and 26. But I'm just going to go down and, and capture verse 24. Now Paul, uh, Paul has, is in Rome. He's been accused, uh, by the Jews, uh, of course, falsely so, uh, of, of preaching heresy. Heresy according to their Jewish religion because, uh, at this point Paul has already had his road to Damascus encounter and the same Paul that used to kill the followers of Jesus Christ is now trying to reach people for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Paul is in Rome. He's been accused by Jews. The Jews want to take him back to Jerusalem because they feel if they can get him back to Jerusalem, then his death is imminent. Okay? But but Paul, you know, God works in so many mighty, mysterious ways. Paul says, hey, I'm here in Rome and, and I'm in Caesar's court and I need to be tried by Caesar's because you really have no founded evidence on me at all. And and then Festus comes on the scene and, and then King Agrippa comes to Rome uh, in this season and Agrippa gets involved. And we, we pick up in verse 24... At uh, sort of, if you would, the the part of the, uh, nearly the conclusion of this whole episode. And at verse 24, it says, at this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. Paul speaking to King Agrippa in Caesar's court. He says, at this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul. Your great learning is driving you insane. Paul was very educated. Paul, uh, uh, in modern day times, it's been said that Paul held the equivalent to several PhDs. Very intelligent man. Still probably one of the most intelligent, most learned people that ever lived on the face of the earth. You are out of your mind. If you are reading the King James, I think it says, Paul, you're mad. Meaning, you're crazy, you're wacko, you're a lunatic, you've lost it. Paul said, in his own defense, he said, I'm not insane, most excellent Festus. What I am saying is true and reasonable. What Paul's referring to there is the story, his story, his testimony of his encounter with Jesus Christ. And that Jesus is the salvation of the world. He said, what I'm saying is true and it's reasonable. The king is familiar with these things and I can speak freely to him. See, he knew that Agrippa knew. 
He said that I can speak freely to him. I I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe in the prophets? I know you do. Then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think, notice this, don't you just love it when somebody can't give you a straight answer? Let me, let me give a commercial here. If none of you all, you know, we, 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 we cut the cord. We did away with our dish. We did, we don't have cable. We've got one of these Amazon fire sticks that plugs in the back of the TV. We downloaded Pure Flix. Uh, it's $4.99 a month, right? Some great shows. We've, we've been watching this show. It's about this biker guy that he, he finds a Bible and he starts reading this Bible and, and in the search of finding who owns the Bible, he's traveling all over the country riding his chopper, you know, and, and finding himself in some very precarious situations at times. But, but, but it's funny, sort of the trademark of the show. He always, he, when he walks up to people, he looks at them and he sort of scratches his head. He's a great big burly guy, you know, about seven foot tall, probably weighs 350 pounds and got arms this big. And he, and he, he scratches his head and he looks at people and says, do you know Jesus? That's all he says. He just asks a question. Do you know Jesus? Okay. It's funny that people will avoid answering the question sometimes. Agrippa doesn't answer the question directly. What he says to Paul, he says, Do you think in such a short time that you can persuade me to be a Christian? The truth of the matter is, Agrippa knew. Agrippa knew the stories of the prophets. Agrippa had heard the story of Jesus. He he heard about it. And then Paul said, short time or long time, he said, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am. What was that? A follower of Jesus Christ. He said that you may become what I am, except for these chains. Paul says, I don't want you to be bound to change like I'm bound here, but I want you to be free to, to loudly and proudly proclaim the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that message is still, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. And as we go into this year, 2021, I want you to know that we still have that message before us to proclaim that Jesus saves, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Now, Paul was relentless in proclaiming that message, and I hope that you and I would be too. But statistics tell us that only one in ten uh, born-again believers ever personally lead some another person to Jesus Christ in their lifetime. Now, what that we evidently we know that that can't be said about Paul. He, he was not guilty of that at all. In fact, when we look at the the early church, we looked at the early apostles and the early disciples. We find that they were fervent to reach other people with the name. The Lord Jesus Christ. To lead them unto salvation. To lead them into eternal life. 
Paul was brought under attack. If you go back and you read uh, chapter 25 and verse 3, you find that Paul was, uh, there was this plot of assassination that was that was uh, brought against him. The Jews wanted to, to stop the message. And, and it wasn't the Jews in, in as much as it was. It was it was religion and it was Satan involved in the religion that wanted to stop the message of Jesus Christ. You see, we see that how we're on the now we're just on the off the heels of Christmas season. And you can remember how the, the plot was made to, to have Jesus killed. So we'll kill all the babies in the land. We we will do what we can. We will we will try to kill. We will try to suppress. We will try to silence the voice of this Jesus. We will try to eliminate the 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 the, the mention of this name Jesus because Jesus has we just completed singing about Jesus is the name that is all powerful. It is all mighty. It is all healing. It is all salvation. So the enemy would like to suppress. Actually, not just suppress. The enemy would like to annihilate or to eliminate the name Jesus. Because it's that name Jesus, as I said a few moments ago, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that He is Lord. It's at the name of Jesus that even the demons fear and tremble. It's it's at the name Jesus that so much can be accomplished. And it's at the name Jesus is the only place, it's the only way whereby we can be saved. I don't think it was a mistake that the, I don't think it was a, 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 just a freak occurrence that the Jews begin to accuse Paul while he was in Rome because there that, that, that under, under God's provision, Paul was protected, if you would, under Roman care, under Roman government. It was there that, 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 that Paul would find himself, if you would, if, if there was such a thing, receiving a fair trial or or a fair review of his beliefs. The Jews wanted to suppress the name of Jesus, but God protected Paul. Now, was it all pleasant? We know it wasn't because Paul ended up in a Roman jail. Was it all good? We know it wasn't all good for Paul all the time. He was a man that was persecuted. But I believe this. I believe if you and I will be faithful to proclaim the name of Jesus, that even amidst persecution, even amidst troubles, even amidst trials, even when we're not spoke well of, even when we're looked down upon, even when we're rejected and dejected by our families, our friends, maybe your co-workers, if we will be faithful to the name of Jesus, He will watch out over us, He will protect us, He will care for us, so we relentlessly relentlessly like Paul, that relentless spirit we pursue lifting up the name of Jesus. King Agrippa comes to visit Festus and, and, hmm, just weird, wasn't it, that Agrippa became involved. We see that, we see and we realize from the scripture that we read, Agrippa had some knowledge, Agrippa had heard the news, Agrippa, Agrippa knew, uh, Agrippa was at least minimally, he was, he was at least aware of the story of Jesus. He had heard the stories of the prophets, but, but see, Agrippa became, uh, God's divine plan and God's divine will to oversee Paul. And Paul, made his defense before Agrippa 
with a certainty. See, Paul had, Paul had a certainty. You don't, you don't, you don't find yourself killing Jesus followers one day. You don't, you don't find yourself ordering the assassination of the first deacon of the church, some guy named Stephen. You don't stand and hold the garments of the other fellows that are casting the stones that would crush the skull of Stephen and, and bruise his body. You don't do that one day and simply decide that you're going to turn over a new leaf the next day uh, unless you're like Paul, you're having that Damascus Road experience. And Paul, Paul wasn't baptized in water. He was baptized face down in the dirt, the dusty dirt of a road that led to Damascus. And the, and in the sweat of the day, the sweat of his brow, I could see Paul as he rose up from that dirty, dusty road being covered. He maybe looked like some kind of mud baby where the dirt and the dust had stuck to his sweaty body. But he rose up, not able to see with his physical eyes for a short period of time, but he rose up with a revelation of who the Lord Jesus Christ was was and is when the Lord says, Paul, Paul, why are you kicking against my people? Why are you kicking against me? Why are you warring against me? And God brought Paul into the revelation uh, through a dirt road experience of who he was. Paul had a certainty that he knew, that he knew, that he knew, who he knew, that he knew, that he knew that the Lord Jesus Christ was certainly the Messiah. He was certainly his Redeemer. He was certainly the one that had delivered him from the bondage of religion and the bondages of hell, if you would. So where he had been and what he had done was very important. And Paul began to share his story before uh, Festus and Agrippa. And, and as he began to expound the story, if you read there in chapter 25 and into verse, or excuse me, into chapter 26, you find Paul, uh, he, he just reiterates once again, he shares once again the story of how God revealed himself to him on that road to Damascus. So he had an encounter with Jesus. And he shared that encounter for a few for a few months now. I, I've missed a few weeks here and there, but I've been on Tuesday nights on my on well my church my page and the church's Facebook page. I've been sharing Tuesday night testimonies, and some of you have shared on Tuesday night testimony with me. I, and 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 I draw from Psalm sixty six verse sixteen. And when you read that, when you flip over and you read that in in layman's uh, paraphrase version again, what it simply says there is you need to. To tell your story. You need to go out and tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. Paul was relentless about doing that. And I challenge us as we start this brand new year. I challenge us to be relentless. I challenge those that are watching this morning to be relentless. Let's be relentless in expressing what Jesus has done for us. Let's shout it from the rooftops. Let's shout it from the mountaintops. Let let us declare it wherever we go. If we're down in the valley and the valley is really low, let's look up and still shout and and and, and yell out. The name of Jesus because Jesus is my redeemer. Jesus is my deliverer. Jesus is my salvation. Jesus is my healer. So it's imperative. It's imperative this morning 
that we share five things. There's five things that we need to know that we need to share. Number one, we need to share where we've been. Paul told the story to Festus and Agrippa. He told them where he had been. He told them what he did while he was in Jerusalem. Now listen, you know, sometimes, sometimes us as Christians, uh, we can exaggerate sometimes. We can dramatize sometimes. And sometimes what we're going through is, it to us, is more dramatic than maybe somebody else go through the same thing. And But our, our, our experience is a little bit more dramatic. Sometimes I hear people that will say, well, I used to do this, I used to go here, I used to go there, and what have you. And, 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 and it seemed like that it was almost bragging what they used to do. And then, but then they'll say, but look what Jesus has done for me. And that's okay, and that's good, and that's fine, okay. But, but don't get overwhelmed in it, that's what I'm saying. But we always need to be mindful of where we've been. Now that's not means that I dwell on the past, and certainly we don't practice the, the 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 mindset of Lot's wife. Evidently, she there was something that she really liked about that past that she wanted to go back to. But but always remember our past. You know, we uh, uh, some you young people I don't know who I'm talking about. Probably Dottie Rambo wrote that song that says, uh, "Roll back the curtain, a memory back now and then. Let me see where Jesus brought me from." And where I may have been. You see, and when we, when we begin to think about and realize that where, where would I be if not for God? Where would I be right now? Now, some of us in this room, some of us watching, we might say, well, I would probably be laid out in some cemetery somewhere. Probably most of the decomposition already taken place. Uh, I probably would found myself, I probably could be waking up in jail this morning. And you may be watching this and waking up in jail this morning. But the reality of it is, is we never forget when we come to know God, let's don't forget where we we've been that doesn't become the focus of our life we don't dwell in that we don't we don't carry a condemnation of the past but yet we recall where we've been because had it not been for the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ I could have been in that grave you could be in that grave I could be in some jail cell you could be in some jail cell I could be in in in, in some other kind of predicament you could be in some other kind of predicament I could have, I could, my, my body could be mangled and broken from, from fool, doing foolish things. Yours could be the same. But had it not been for God and His mercy and His grace coming to us just right in the nick of time, right at the right place at the right time, just like He provided for Paul in Rome, Jesus comes on the scene and now we're here. We've been delivered. We've been set free spiritually. Hopefully you you're free physically, but let's not forget where we've been. Because that's the story that we can share. The second thing is, let's not forget what we've done. There's a lot of things that I could share with you that I'm not proud of. There's a lot of things that... that if I told you about my my life down through the years, some of you would go, oh, 
But to many of you all, probably just about all of you all, you're the same way. There's something you've done. There, there's something you've done that you're not proud of. There's something that you, there's something that you've done. There, there's a lifestyle that you took on. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe there's a deed that you, you carried out. There's something that, that, that we've all done. So, so it's not about just where we've been, but it's what we've done as well. And, and you know what? The things that I've done, there's, there's some things I'm not proud of at all. There's a lot of things, in fact, that I'm not proud of at all. But you know what? I, I, I still have memories of them. I, I still know they exist. But the reality of it is that I know, that I know, that I know, because the Bible tells me so, that when Jesus come in into my life, when I gave Him the invitation to come into my life, when I confess my faults, I confess my failures, I confess confess where I'd been and I confess what I had done before him I know that he came into my heart and he came into my life and he washed me and he cleansed me and all those things yes there may be memories that linger there but they are no longer to my charge they are no longer to my record the only thing that I can use them for is for the advantage of saying look what the Lord has done he healed my body he touched my mind he saved me just in time. You know, we, 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 we need to realize that we can take where God has brought us from and we can use it as a witness of where Jesus has us now. Paul did that. He was relentless in telling his story. He was relentless in telling where he'd been, what he would done. But Paul also took the time to tell where he was at right now. I may have been in the gutter. And I may have been the drunkard or the dope addict or the prostitute in the gutter. I may have, I, I may have been, I may have been the worst of the worst. I, I may have been the worst guy that lived on the worst street in town, in the worst house in town, on the dead end street, down in the basement. Okay? I may have been that guy. You may have been that guy. You may have been that woman. But the reality of it is, it's not so important as where we were and what we did, but what is important now, and Paul establishes this in his recitation to uh, to Festus and Agrippa, but he tells them of an encounter with Jesus Christ that changed him, and Paul in essence is saying, I am not the man that I used to be, but I am a different man. I'm now the Apostle Paul. I, I'm no longer Saul, I've been given a new name. I have new priorities. I have new goals. I have new uh, uh, values, if you would. I, I am not Saul of Tarsus any longer, but I am Paul, the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you and I will be relentless in sharing that message that I am who I am right now, and I am who I am only by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ, and the work of salvation and justification and regeneration and sanctification. It has made me the man or the woman that I am right now. The old man has passed away. I still have the same name. I still have the same social security number. But I'm no longer that person anymore. I am a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be relentless in sharing that message. And then Paul made it very, Paul made it 
very plain where he was going. Paul had heavenly goals. Paul had heavenly ambitions. But yet Paul knew that he had a work to do until he did reach that goal and he did reach his ambition. You and I need to have clear direction where we're going in the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I think that we should have. If you don't have direction of where you're going in, in, in your Christian walk, if you don't have uh, uh, some some type of idea of where you're going in God, uh, I urge you today to seek Him. I urge you in this year, it should He tarry His coming throughout this year, seek Him. Find where... Listen, every once in a while my wife will ask me, she'll say, where are you going? Now there's sometimes I'll say, I don't know. You know, sometimes I'll be driving down the road and I'll be daydreaming dreaming and miss my turn. And I know, you know, none of y'all do that stuff. It's just, you know, it's a preacher thing. You know, be driving down the road daydreaming and I'll miss my turn and she'll say, where are you going? And I'll say, I don't know. I don't know. But every once in a while I like to surprise my, my, my little woman and, and I will be driving down the road and I'll turn in some place intentionally because I know where I'm going and I have plans and I know where I want to go and I know where I want to be. And she'll say, where are you going? And I'll say, we're going in here to get you something to eat. Something, her favorite place. We go into, we go into Chick-fil-A to get one of those peppermint milkshakes before they quit serving them. Yeah. Where are you going? Let's go. We're going to Princeton. Can't do it today. It's Sunday. But, but, but we as believers should know where we're going. We should, we should, we should have a clear vision and a clear understanding of where we're going. Remember, a person without a vision, a revelation, that's the people that perish. Uh, when, when, now, now what's heaven going to be like? I'll just tell you. Now, if, if I listen to especially the Southern Gospel songs, there's going to be there's going to be glass streets. There's going to be gold, but there's going to be glass like glass gold. And there's going to be this big river that's going to be flowing through there. And and David's going to have a harp and all this. But and there's going to be these big mansions. You know, look like make Jed Clampett's house look pitiful. You know, yeah. To be honest with you, I really don't know exactly what all heaven's going to look like. We read and we uh, we interpret John's John's vision and 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 come up with a mental picture, but I don't know what heaven's going to look like. I'll be frank with you, I don't know exactly where it's at, other than I believe it's above. And and I've never been there. I don't. I can't dispute somebody that's died and went there and didn't come back. But why in the world, if you done died and went there, why did you want to come back? But I do know where I'm going. I do know where I'm going. I do know what my plans of travel are. I do know where my what my destin and what my destination is. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like when I get there, but I'm going to recognize it when I get there. I don't know exactly what the address is, but I'm going to know I'm at the right place when I get there. You see, when we come to that place, when we know where we're going, I know where I'm headed. I'm headed that way. I'm headed to that place because of Jesus Christ and the price that He paid. Paul had that confidence and he was relentless in sharing that. Bottom line is just knowing that Jesus is the answer for whatever occurs in our life. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Man, I'm having financial problems, Pastor. 
Jesus is the answer. We're having marital problems, Pastor. Jesus is the answer. I'm having emotional problems, Pastor. Jesus is the answer. And I'm not saying that there's not illnesses and things like that. I'm not stupid. I, you know, at least most of the time I'm not. But, 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 but Jesus is, but, but everything that occurs in our life, I'm of the mindset that if, if we are spiritually minded, we will realize that everything that occurs in our lives, our lives, because we're not just human beings, but we're also spiritual beings, but everything that happens in our life has a spiritual root. And we can't anticipate when if, if our spiritual life is not where it needs to be in God, we can't anticipate the human aspect of our life to have it all in order. Because it won't. Because... The, the human, the flesh side of us is, is where in sin dwells. It's where the curse, the curse that was, that occurred when, when Adam and Eve broke the one commandment that they had and, 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 and God, He cursed Adam and Eve and, and He cursed the ground and man would earn his living by the sweat of his brow and, and, and women would, would bear the chain, uh, bear the pain of childbirthing and, 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 and we, we find ourselves that, that there, there is a human and there there is a a spirit man that dwells within each one of us and and the one that we feed the one that we cater to the one that we provide for is going to be the one that will dominate the circumstances of our life but jesus is the answer used to have some african-american friends used to come around they used to come to a the a church that I was associate pastor in my first uh, my first ministry flight so to speak and they used to come and sing for us on New Year's Eve services and I remember it, it was a it was an all-male black quartet and they used to sing this song and I don't know any of the lyrics much to it but the but part of the lyrics said fix it Jesus fix it Jesus you know and 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 they go into you know my baby's sick. Fix it, Jesus. You know, my bank account's broke. Fix it, Jesus. When we come to that place where we cast all of our cares and troubles, listen, he's not bothered with that. Jesus is not bothered with that. But we cast all our troubles and our cares on the Lord Jesus Christ and we realize He is the answer. Paul knew. Paul knew the only hope that he had. I mean, Paul, Paul at one time, Paul, Paul, Paul was probably reasonably wealthy. Paul had great education, but Paul had cast every ounce of his being on Jesus. Festus says, are you crazy? Are, are you crazy? Are you crazy, Paul? Because Paul said, no, man, I'm not crazy. He said, I'm not crazy. He said, no matter how long it takes, whether I live a long time or if I just live a short time, he says, I know this. When you read down in verse 28, what you find is Paul saying this. He said, then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Paul replied, verse 29, Short time or long time, I pray, God, that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am except for these chains. You see, the ambition, the goal of every one of us as we go into 2021. Now, I, I, I say this 
jokingly, but sometimes I, it's not really a joke. I'm one of two. You know, there was, I have an older sister. I'm confident had I been born first, my sister would have never been born. They stopped with me. You know, enough said. I've heard it, I've heard rumor that when I was born, the doctor came out and, and handed me, wrapped up in that little blanket, handed me to my mother, and my mother said, my mother asked if I was twins, and he said no, as she began to profusely weep. Uh, y'all believe that, don't you? The truth of the matter is that I don't look at myself as being a model Christian. I don't look at myself as being somebody that, that I can brag on the display of righteousness that I make in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what? I read in the Bible that my righteousness is as filthy rags. But the display that I make, the representation that I'm called to make in this world, and you are called to make in this world in a relentless pursuit, whether your time's short or whether your time is long, is that I may not be too righteous in my own right. I may not be too too uh, well-versed in, in all the ins and outs of the Christian religion but the one thing that I do know is that Jesus lives inside of me and he is the righteous one he is the one that delivers he is the one that sets free he is the one that saves us he is our salvation he is our Messiah and he is our King you see Paul says I'm not crazy but I hope and I pray that everyone that whether I'm here a long time or a short time that they can end up being like me what does he mean look like him smell like him act like him. No, that's not what he means at all. But what he means is that you have a relationship, a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and an experience that will take you from, from being a, a chief of the, the Pharisees uh, of the high sect, the highest order of the land unto being a almost if you would a lowly beggar, a jailbird if you would, in and out of prison the last years of his life, died of humiliation in death, Paul said, I just wish and I hope and I pray that you all can be like me and what he was saying is that you have such an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ that it takes you relentlessly into his servanthood it will relentlessly take you in to his presence and you will do it with all your heart because that's what Paul did Paul did it with all, Paul served the Lord with all his might it did, it wasn't that, you know, it didn't matter whether he woke up feeling good or he didn't feel good. It, it, it was, it wasn't about whether he had the best car to drive. You know, Lord, I'd serve you, but I need a better car. Lord, I'd go, I'd go down to, I'd go over to Tudors and, and, and witness for you every day, but if I just, I, if I had a better car to get there in. Lord, I'd, I, I'd, I'd do this if I had a little bit more money. You know, we, we, we tell the, we tell the Lord oftentimes, we tell Him, Lord, if, if, I don't find anywhere in Scripture that Paul says, Lord, I'll do this if. You see, it wasn't a bargaining deal for Paul. It was a revelation moment that came to him, a dirt road baptism, going down sweaty and coming up muddy. 
that changed Paul's life. And Paul expressed that to this leadership of Rome. So what Paul is saying to us, he said, I want everybody to be saved. I want everybody to be saved. I want everybody to know Jesus. Except I just don't want you to be chained up. All of us probably have our own chains in some way or another. Paul had physical chains on his body at this time. He was shackled. He was, he was standing before Festus and Agrippa as a, as accused of being a criminal. Accused of heresy. Bringing sedition among the Jews. None of us are chained up like that, but, but we do have, sometimes we have those things that, that, that can bind us. But you know, if I, for the, for the AKs in life that I walk up to, it's not, it's not for me to say, hey, AK, I want you to get saved and be just like me. It's not for me to, to walk up to the Jerry's of life and say, hey, Jerry, I'd like to lead you to Jesus, but I want you to be just like me. Identical. I want you to look like me, act like me, be just like me. It's it's not that at all. But what it is for me to do is say, Hey, Jerry, I'd like to lead you to Jesus. I'd like to introduce you to Jesus. He's the one that died for our sin. Now, I don't want you to be like me, but I want you to be like Him. I want you to be like Him that is in me, not like me, but Him that is in me. Hey, AK, I'll tell you what, man, I want to introduce you to Jesus. I want to tell you about my friend Jesus. I don't want you to be like me, but I want you to be like Him. Because if you like Him, then you're, you're, you're perfected in holiness. And we begin to share that gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ relentlessly, I believe. Now, Agrippa said, Paul, you almost persuaded me. You almost persuaded me. Almost. Let me tell you, there's going to be a lot of almost in your Christian witness. There's going to be a lot of almost. Well, you almost. I've had people say, Preacher, you almost got me saved. Almost. Yeah. There's probably people, I I, I guess this is sort of a low note to bring this message to a conclusion. There's probably people in hell right now that's separated from God. They're in torment. They're separated from God because they died without knowing Jesus. That if you ask them right now, they'd say, I almost got saved. I almost got saved. Relentlessly pursue. Relentlessly pursue. Pursue just like Paul, reaching somebody for Jesus in 2021. How many in this room's got somebody? Don't 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 just raise your hand, you know, out of habit or routine. But I want to ask you, and I ask the folks watching this this morning live or listening by EV Radio. I want to ask you a question. And don't just haphazardly haphazardly raise your hand. I want to ask you a question. Is there somebody that you can think of right now? You would like to see saved in this year, right now. There's somebody. I can think of somebody. Relentlessly pursue them. Doesn't mean you badger them. Doesn't mean that you beat them. You pursue them in prayer. You pursue them in. You pursue them in witness. You can pursue them in encouragement. Let me tell you something. And as much as I'm a churchman and I believe in church, you all know that. And I like church. I like. I like good. 
solid church attendance. I'm, a, I'm an advocate of that. But listen to me. This going up and inviting somebody to church is good and it has its place. But this going around inviting somebody to church is not introducing them to Jesus. You're just inviting them to church so somebody else, mainly me or somebody else can do it for you. But relentlessly pursue people for Jesus in 2021. Every, I should say every, that's probably an exaggeration. But I will say this, the majority of Christians that I have met, especially in these past few months, but throughout this last year, maybe more than a year, whenever I run into another believer somewhere, and actually even when I run into unbelieving people, and I, I find myself in conversation with them, they'll say, Preacher, what do you think is about to happen? Even, even ungodly and unholy people, if, if you allow me to say it that way, they sense something is about to happen. I've been hearing for over 40 years something, 45 years, something is going to happen. But the air has changed. The atmosphere has changed. What we do right now, you know, I call it a Judas moment. You know, even though Judas's was, uh, you know, it was a betrayal. But, but the Lord told Judas, He said, what you do, you need to do it quickly. And what we do as believers right now, I believe we need to do it quickly. Do it quickly. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next year. Don't wait till everything, all the stars come in alignment again. Don't, don't, don't wait. What you do, do it quickly. I want us to pray right now. And we're just going to pray that the Lord will give us a relentless pursuit of those that are lost. You ever, nearly everybody in this room, raise your hand. It's a family member. It's a friend. It may be a child, which is a family member. It could be a husband or a wife. It could be a mom or a dad. But nearly everyone in this room, raise your hand. And you may have have more than one person on your mind when you raise that hand. But right now, I just want you to ask the Lord to give you relentless pursuit. To pursue them. I don't, I don't, I, I, you know, I want somebody to say you are, you know, if they don't make it, I want them to at least know I tried. Agrippa said, you almost persuaded me. He admitted, Paul, you tried. I don't want anybody to leave it. I want you to look back up here at me just a minute. I want to tell you one of the most sobering moments that I ever had in my Christian life was that on occasion a number of years back that I walked into a funeral home and I was I was getting ready to walk by a casket of a friend of mine that to my knowledge died without Jesus and some other person in that line another Christian person in that line turned to me and said I hope that they got saved before they took their last breath we really need to pray And it was a sobering moment for me because I, I, I was nudged by the Holy Spirit. And it was almost like an, a near audible voice that said to me, it's too late to pray now. How many times have you walked into a funeral home 
craving showers, wherever it's at. How many times have you walked into a funeral home or you've heard maybe of one of your friends or one of your co-workers passing and, and you've had the thought or you've even uttered the words said, well, I hope they got right with the Lord before they left. Here's my question. Here was my sobering moment. What did I do? What did I do to change that before they left this world? What did I do? Did I do anything to change that before I left this world? Now let's pray. Fathers, I come to you today. I pray as we as a church family, we as Voice of Praise Worship Center in 2021, as we go forward into this year, God, I'm praying that we will be relentless for souls. That we will pursue, we will chase after the lost. God, you've called us to go into Judea and Samaria, into the other most parts of the world. God, we want to do that. We want to do that. There's those among us that are that that are doing that, and that will be doing that. But God, let us let us start. Let us start right right in front of our faces. Right right in front of our noses. There are people that we know are lost. There's people that have not given their heart and their life to Jesus Christ. And Lord, today I pray through the name of Jesus Christ that you will give us relentless pursuit, relentless passion, not just of your presence but for the salvation of souls. Because people are dying. People are leaving this world. There's a rapture coming. Lord, and people will be left behind. But God, let us pursue doing our response, keeping our responsibilities. Lord, making disciples, reaching people, going into the world, God, touching lives. God, let us share our story of where we've been and the things we've done. But let us be mindful of of where we are right now in you and what you have done in our lives, Lord God, and what you will do in their lives. And God, may we be relentless in sharing your message, the good news, that Jesus saves, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. God, I call for a holy boldness to overcome those that feel like that they can't. Those that feel like, I don't know what to say, Lord. That a a spiritual boldness will overcome them. And and Lord, and the Word of God, they will, the Word of God will be made effect. The Word of God will be made manifest through their life and they'll begin to share, Lord, your message, your gospel message. I pray that, Lord, that there's those among us that we will overcome, we will overcome shyness, we will overcome things that will, that will cause us, we'll over, Lord, some of us that are sheltered and, and, and we're sheltered and we're tucked into our little nest and we're not engaging with people. I pray that you bring us out of that place and let us go into the fields. We can't harvest the fields while we're in the barn, God. We know that. Help us to get out there. And reach the harvest before it's too late. Don't let the crop waste. But Lord, let us fervently, passionately, relentlessly pursue the harvest. 
Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wonder this morning, is there one person in this room that would say, I'm not saved? Or maybe you'd have to say, I need to rededicate my life. It's a good way to start out this new year. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there one in this room? Because that's that's where we start with it. We're talking about a relationship with Jesus. Relentlessly pursue kingdom purpose. Kingdom purpose is reaching the lost. Reaching the unsaved. Reaching those without Christ. Out of all the blessings, and listen, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're a church. We are a Pentecostal church. And we Pentecostals talk so much about getting us a blessing, catching us a blessing. Lord, give us another blessing. My opinion, my opinion, the greatest blessing that we can ever receive is having the opportunity to lead somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, if you don't give me the gift of healing, that's okay. But let me be able to lead somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ. So be winners. You are already winners in Jesus, but be winners for Jesus as we go into this year. God bless you. We love you today. Thank you again for everybody, everything that you've done throughout the Christmas season. The ones that did the play and the programs, the ones that helped decorate and undecorate, uh, the, the kind words, the gifts, the cards, all that you did in, in 2020. Thank you so much for blessing your church, being faithful and committed to it. We love you guys. Have a wonderful Sunday afternoon. Pray for one another.